Hey folks, it's Jesse, the founder of MaxFun. Since we postponed our annual Max Fun Drive in mid-March, we have gotten a lot of questions about if and when we'd be rescheduling it. And honestly, we've been asking ourselves the same thing. Well, now we have an answer for you. The 2020 Max Fun Drive will start on July 13th. That's coming up soon. We decided to have the drive now because it's always brought a lot of joy and excitement to our community and certainly to us. And to be totally honest, it's also the main source of income for some of our hosts. Like pretty much everything right now, this year's drive is going to be a little different. Uh, we'll still be bringing you very special episodes, fun community activities, premium thank you gifts. But we also know it's a weird time and for some folks, a really difficult one. Some people are in a position to become new or upgrading members. Others can't right now. And that is okay. We'll have ways for you to support Max Fun at every level, including some ways that won't cost you anything. We're also going to run the drive for four weeks instead of two. We didn't think it was a good time to be rushing anybody, and uh, having a longer drive lets us be a little more low-key in our drive pitch. It also gives us more time to do fun stuff, like the weekly live streams we'll be putting on for charity throughout the drive. Most importantly, we want the 2020 Max Fun Drive to highlight all the ways we support each other and our communities. We also want to show how grateful we are to you for making all the work that we do possible. Stay safe. We'll see you July 13th for the Max Fun Drive. Hello, Internet. I'm your husband host, Travis McElroy. And I'm your wife host, Teresa McElroy. And you're listening to Schmanners. It's Extraordinary Etiquette. Extraordinary Occasions. Hello, my dove. How are Hello, you? Hello, dear. I've been better. Yeah. <laughs> Baby Dot has just been looking to party at like four o'clock in the morning. Uh, last night, it was two o'clock in the morning. Two o'clock, yeah. Two o'clock, two, two, four o'clock. Two to five. In there. She just loves to party. You know what I mean? And her partying comes in the middle of the night. Yeah, this happened with BB2. Well, and this just happened. It was completely mind-blowing. Right in the middle of this recording, BB is watching TV in the living room. We record, and we just hear tiny footsteps. She runs in, sat a first aid kit down in, <laughs> just inside my office, and went back down to keep watching TV. I have no idea what's happening. Everything is a topsy-turvy chaos. Hello. Hello. Um. So this week... We are talking, this This may at first blush. Do you think that the listeners enjoy this little um, uh, window, this peep into our lives? You know what? I don't know. <laughs> I don't either. But it's all I know now. It's true. Um, at first blush, this may seem a weird topic. Uh, we're talking about Animal Crossing. Uh, and this may seem like a weird, like, why are they talking about a video game? But I think that the thing that makes Animal Crossing kind of fit into... Our purview is like, it has so much to do not only with cultural impact, but there's a lot of etiquette to it because it is a very social game. Would you call it an RPG though? That's a role-playing game. No, I, I, it actually has, uh, I'm trying to remember the actual name of it. It is a life sim, I think it is called, okay. life simulator, because 
in a role playing game, you know, you're creating a, a character and you're kind of building that character based on your decisions. And it's a lot like D and D or Final Fantasy if you're talking about video games, where the decisions you make help shape who that character is, right? Okay. In a life simulator, uh, you are more playing yourself to some degree. So whether we're talking about like Second Life or Animal Crossing or something like that, um, or it, The Sims. Um. Yeah. I mean, there, there's well, a lot of blood. Well, you're kind of you're kind of playing the omnipotent, right? Uh, bene- uh, like creator with the Sims. There's a lot of blurred lines between a lot of these genres that we're talking about because, like, I think to a certain degree, you could potentially, like, w- not a massive multiplayer online, but like, I I could see the blurring of like life sim RPG and MMO of like. That's kind of where Animal Crossing sits. So let's. So, so let's. Okay. I don't know a lot of video games. I know the big ones though. Warcraft. Uh huh. That is World of Warcraft. That's an MMORPG. Correct. Right? Yes. A massive multiplayer online role playing game. Great. So this isn't that. Well, it's not Animal, massive. Animal Crossing is not massive because you can only have eight people on your island at once, right? So, yeah. So. Just to give us a starting off point, right? So we're not getting too into the weeds right here at the beginning. The basic concept of the current iteration of Animal Crossing, which is Animal Crossing colon New Horizons, is that you are building an island, uh, populating it with other characters, and then- Non-playable characters. Non-playable characters. And then real-life people- can come visit your island and you can co-visit theirs. And that's like the building blocks of it. So that's where the, like the social aspect of it comes from. Okay. Well, let's talk about the history of it. You know, uh, I love the history. I know. I'm in it. This was uh, su- submitted by now. Uh, once again, thank you so much that we could not have done this episode without Alex, our researcher. Uh, now Alex has included the name Hannah. Molly, in quotes, Ellen. So maybe Molly's a nickname? I'll have to look that up. Um, so here's how it goes. Um, also, big, big thank you. Uh, a lot of this information comes from Jordan Alleman's, uh, article, The Weird and Wonderful World of Animal Crossing on Polygon.com. Polygon.com has a lot of macroid DNA. So I'm a fan. <laughs> um, okay. So the game Animal Crossing as we know it, uh, the, like this New Horizons is not the first one. There have been many, in, many iterations of it. Uh, the Wasn't game- it kind of like, it was like a farming game. Well, yeah, it's always kind of been a farming simulator to some degree. Okay. Because you might be thinking of Stardew Valley, which uh, is a yes. farming game. Yes. Um, that shares, uh, has a lot of similarities with, with, um, with Animal Crossing, but I think Animal Crossing fo- focuses way more on the social. Okay. Then Stardew Valley does. Please uh, continue. The The first Animal Crossing game uh, appeared in Japan in April of 2001. Um, but at that point, it was called Animal Forest. It debuted on the Nintendo 64, which is one of my top three favorite consoles ever. Uh, let me just say, this is a good point to reference this. There is going to be a lot of what I would call opinion throughout this as we were, were discussed, like, whether... This Animal Crossing game worked or didn't work and, you know, how popular it was. This is just kind of, uh, like I said, opinion and not facts. So if you're listening to this and you're like, 
what? I thought, you know, New Leaf was great or whatever. Like, totally cool. You're allowed to think that. We're just talking about the overall arcing opinion of it. So the thing that makes Animal Crossing unique and makes it work is that it has a real-time clock. And what that means is, pretty much like what it sounds like, as you're playing, time is passing in the game at the same speed that it is passing in real life. What about when you're not playing? Same. That's what it is. So, like, if I pick up the game and it is 9 a.m. where I am, it is 9 a.m. in my game, and if I set down the game at 10 a.m. and pick it back up at noon, it is noon in the game, right? Okay, but what about, so, like, if uh, do does the island does the does does the thing does time can, continue to pass if I'm not on it? Yes, yes, yes. Oh, it does. okay. And this is what allows the game to feel, I think, to feel unique in the way it does, right? Because what this does for the game is it makes it not about beating it, right? Mm-hmm. This is not like, well, I'm going to sit down and play nonstop for twelve hours and beat the game. This game is all about, and here's another Nintendo or like video game industry term, loops, right? And so what that means is the loop of activities you do of like uh, every day in Animal Crossing, you do this thing, right? Because it resets every day and then you check back in the next day to do that same loop again, Right. And the, instead so of like, like shake your fruit trees, right. Okay. Harvesting fruit, like watering flowers, these things that you can do every day, but not like, well, I'm going to do this whole cycle of something as fast as I can. Things are on a schedule. Right. Okay. Okay. And so, um, Animal Forest didn't make it to America in, in, at least not in the form it was there because the Nintendo 64 here in America didn't have the disk drive that was introduced for the Japanese version that allowed for the real-time clock, right? And like I was talking about, this, uh, the real-time clock allowed you not only to do things like plant, you know, plant flowers, and then the next day there were buds, and then the next day they were fully grown. Mm-hmm. It also allowed for things like developing relationships with the AI, non-playable characters okay. where they'd say like oh good to see you again or like i haven't seen you in a couple days right so they would actually reference things that had really like happened or passed or like okay. i wanted to say thank you for that thing you did right like it actually was happening sequentially and more than that it allowed for the game to do things like recognize when it was an actual real world holiday and have different things happen ah uh, yes that day. i remember while you were playing this spring there was egg day and there was also like cherry blossom you know petals blowing through the air at one point in spring and like yeah exactly these holidays happen these time of year haven't like the the leaves will turn you know autumn brown and stuff and like there will be snow on the ground during winter and stuff like so does it know where you're playing because well, like on your switch you set well okay and whatever your system is you, you set it because in australia they have a totally different, like, the seasons right. are opposite time. Right. Yeah. And 
that's the whole thing I could talk about forever about the system they have set up of like fish and bugs that are only there for certain months even. And then like it's different in the different hemispheres, whether you're in the northern hemisphere or the southern hemisphere. It's a very cool game. Um, <laughs> and so then uh, to get back to the timeline in uh, late December of 2001, Animal Forest was renamed Animal Crossing and arrived in North America in late 2002 and in Europe in 2004 um, and now had like Western holidays incorporated in the game and everything. And it came out for the GameCube um, and it was a hit. Um, oh, the cube. The GameCube. Yes. You you McElroys have a love affair with the cube, the GameCube, yeah, don't we you? Have many. There, I'm pretty sure that we have at some point owned every system that has come out like since the atari i'm pretty sure including like sega cd <laughs> um, <laughs> so the the game has not changed that much in the 20 years there's been different don't get me wrong there's wildly different aspects of it but the basic conceit of like you arrive in a place you purchase uh like a house from tom nook who i'll talk about later and then you interact with your environment to pay off that house and to kind of shape the world around you. All right. right. We, we have seen a lot of the same, like, things about it. But that original, that, that 2001 Animal Forest slash Animal Crossing, it didn't have the same kind of magic, I mm -hmm. think, that later iterations do. And I think that that was because it lacked the social aspect. Right? Okay, so it wasn't always a uh a buddy game yeah not not only like with real life people but also like with non-playable characters too oh okay there just wasn't as much interaction of it and like there was kind of a a almost like a wacky waving arm inflatable tube man that like hung out <laughs> outside your house that you did a lot of the like go between interact like you would give him stuff to send to your neighbors instead of oh. having like direct interaction and that kind of stuff and so it, it didn't feel the same. It was still lovely, but I don't think it felt as immersive as okay. later games. And so, enter Katsuya Iguchi, and I apologize. There's going to be a lot of Japanese names throughout this episode, and I'm going to do my best. Uh, so we have Iguchi to thank for Animal Crossing's, like, love in our hearts, where it lives. Uh, so... Katsuya was just 21 years old when he moved to Nintendo's Kyoto offices to work on the game. And Kyoto is far away from his childhood home. And so this pig pilgrimage across the country meant that he had to, like, say goodbye to everyone he had known. And so this led directly to this focus uh, when he was working on Animal Crossing of the importance of spending time with your community. Okay, right? which is why you need to check in with everybody in your town. Right. And not just in your town, but like invite others over this connection between uh, really fostering that neighborhood feeling even outside your own, the own like boundaries of your, your space. Okay. Um, and so the, the game was this like very low key, you know, like, play it when you feel like it. And so, like, the, um, uh, the, you know, the developers were very nervous before the launch of, like, are people going to want to play this game or is it going to be boring? But, like, even before 
the like Animal Crossing New Horizons, which has been incredibly popular and had sold well over 30 million copies, like throughout Animal Crossing iterations, well over 30 million copies. And then, uh, Animal Crossing New Horizons sold like another 14 million already. Whoa. So it has been very popular. Um, and so once again, the, the games have not really changed that wildly. A lot of like set dressing has changed. A lot of elements have changed, but. It, it, they're very, very similar. And one of the biggest changes didn't even come from the game itself, but on the console you were playing it with. So instead of being the Nintendo 64 or the GameCube, which were tied to a TV, they started putting them on the 3DS and other mobile games. Well, at the time, I guess it was just the Nintendo DS, but it was mobile. It was handheld. You could take it with you. And so it made it a lot easier for these loops where it's like, oh, I have to remember to check in, you know, in the morning because there will be something that happens in the morning and the afternoon because something happens in the afternoon. And instead of having to be at home, you could play with it if you were on the train to work or a kid in the backseat on the way to school. You know what I mean? Like it, Mm -hmm. it, it provided a lot more flexibility in how you could play it. And so for a lot of people, many American gamers, at least like this, uh, it was called Animal Crossing Wild World for the Nintendo DS became like their entry point for the game. Um, it also had increased villager AI. So the interactions became even more personal and nuanced and you felt even more connection to it. And it added in stuff like that we now consider, you know, like essential to the game, the, uh, slingshot and the watering can, uh, and gave you even more ways to earn bells, which is <laughs> Animal Crossing money to pay off your mortgage. Okay. I understand that the bells are the money analog. Uh-huh. But what about the turnips? Okay. We'll are we, talk about, we'll we'll talk talk about, about that later. Okay. Okay. Yeah. okay. Because the short answer is the stock market. Okay. So this was also, Wild World also introduced the ability to visit other people's islands. Or at this point, it wasn't islands, but other people's, you know, villages. Mm-hmm. Uh, which up until that point, it had just been like, look at my game screen, right? But this was actually like via Wi-Fi. You could go like see their town. Oh, so even before that, you couldn't do it with like a land party. No. Oh. Um. And and so that I think once again changed the game. Um. And so uh, I wonder if the 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 kids understand know what an, a land party is. Uh, you had know. to actually like hook up your computers. Yeah, it's and, not important. Okay. Connect with cables. It was the thing. Yeah. Um, and so then, when the Nintendo Wii came out in 2008, Animal Crossing released a a new one that is not so beloved, called City Folk. Animal Crossing City Folk, <laughs> um, and it allowed you access to like a larger city and like more shops, and you know it just didn't really grab people the same way i i it think it sounds a little less charming yeah i think it focused too much on like other stuff like here's an auction house where players can put things up for sale and then other people come and it's like okay great but that is less interaction than i that's more there's a barrier there it's not face to face and like you're creating more economy and there's more like it's less about the face to face um, and so City Folk did not. Maybe that's the next one. Animal Crossing face to face. Yes. Face to face. 
But what City Folk did is because, like, I think that was kind of their first big misstep that kind of got pushback. Okay. It, it, it made Nintendo realize that they needed to be a lot more careful with the Animal Crossing brand. They needed to take it more seriously. They needed to work harder to develop that kind of interconnectivity of personalities and make people feel more connected to it. Now, it still sold. Um, and it, it introduced, uh, distributed items, City Folk did. And distributed items was like, um, you know, like you said, right? For Egg Day this year in Animal Crossing New Horizons, you got like, here's some egg stuff, right? That you were just given, right? Like it, an egg chair. Right. Items, seasonal specific items, right? That you were given to kind of make it feel more like it was part of the deal. So then, five years later, in 2013, Nintendo released Animal Crossing New Leaf. Now, this game was huge, right? Everybody loved it. Now, I will say, to give an insight, aside from Animal Crossing New Horizons, New Leaf was the only game I played, and I was instantly bored by it. (laughs) Um, It just wasn't my style of game, and where I was at in my life, I did not have the time for a life sim. Um, I'm trying to think... Where was I in, in 2013? We were, oh, I was working at CSC, uh, like yes. 100-hour weeks. Yeah. And I just did not have time to so like, then play the So then at game. that point, I had three jobs. Mm-hmm. And you had one job that had enough time for threes. Yes. <laughs> um, and, and so there's a lot more to the game where, like, you could build new structures and added a lot more to the, the village life um, and, you know, extra responsibilities and all this stuff. It also offered like deeper ways of like you, there was like a, a club that you could go to to listen to music by KK Slider, who oh. I'll talk about in a bit. And like there was a place called the Dream Suite where you could like share patterns and visit friends. And like it, it is, it was wildly popular. Cannot stress enough. And this is also where they introduced another wildly popular character named Isabel. Now, Isabel has been called, quote, the most important Shih Tzu in video game history. Uh, she is incredibly beloved, uh, stylish, helpful. She, like, is in your town and will answer questions, help you in the new Animal Crossing, uh, New Horizons, like, Make a flag for your village and give what, you. Infra- what's her animal look? She's the Shih Tzu. She's the dog at the beginning. Oh, okay. Uh, like after she joins your island, every day when you start the game for the first time, she'll come on and tell you like announcements for the day. Okay. Uh, I when you said Shih Tzu, I thought that that was another like video game term that no, I just didn't it's like know. <laughs> no, it's like a dog. <laughs> Um, she's, that is the kind I am aware of. Yes. Okay, got it. She is so popular, in fact, uh, <laughs> that she uh, appears as a playable fighter character in Super Smash Brothers Ultimate. Um, and so then, between 2013 and 2020, you know what? I'm going to tell you more about this. But first, how about a thank you note for our sponsors? Let's go. Sometimes in this mixed up world of ours, it can be almost impossible to decide what you want to have for dinner. So let me recommend to you HelloFresh. 
You get fresh, pre-measured ingredients and mouth-watering seasonal recipes delivered right to your door with HelloFresh, America's number one meal kit. There's something for everyone, including low-calorie, vegetarian, and family-friendly recipes every week. HelloFresh's pre-portioned ingredients mean there's less prep for you and less food waste. HelloFresh donated over 2.5 million meals to charity in 2019, and this year is stepping up their food donations amid the coronavirus crisis. It's great. I love their recipes. It's new stuff all the time. They're flavorful. They're incredible. And even BB likes them. So if you want to try them out, go to HelloFresh.com slash 80 Schmanners and use goes 80 Schmanners. That's eight zero Schmanners to get a total of $80 off, including free shipping on your first box. Additional restrictions apply. Please visit HelloFresh.com for more details. That's HelloFresh.com slash eight zero Schmanners. I want to tell you about Bad Songwriter Podcast. You can listen to it wherever podcasts are found, and you can find them on Instagram at Bad Songwriter. Think of Bad Songwriter Podcast as a cross between Song Exploder and Mortified. Each episode features a different songwriter who brings a few of their worst and most embarrassing old recordings for us to listen to and laugh about. We use that as a way to talk about the songwriting process and each guest's music backstory and growth. Join host and musician Anna Holmquist each Monday for hilarious and heartwarming time. One more time, that's Bad Songwriter Podcast, wherever you listen to podcasts. Have a lot of problems. How do you juggle your holds at the library? Well, how do you decide what to read next? What do you do when you find out an author you love is a huge trash baby? I'm Brea Grant. And I'm Mallory O'Mara. And we're the hosts of Reading Glasses. We're here to solve all your reader problems and along the way, help you figure out your reader wheelhouse, which are the things that will absolutely make you pick up a book. Our listener favorites tend to be magic and a woman on a journey. And also birds for some reason. Your reader doghouse. Yeah, that's the things that'll make you avoid a book. Ugh, love triangles stress me out so much. Reading Glasses. Every Thursday on MaximumFun.org. Rocket Ship One, this is Mission Control. Come in. This is Rocket Ship One. Go ahead. Rocket Ship, what's your status on Max Fun Drive? Shouldn't we have seen it by now? Sorry about that, Mission Control. Turns out I miscalculated. Current projected ETA for Max Fun Drive is July 13, but it looks different. It'll be for four weeks, so it's longer than expected, but all readings point to low key. Oh, that'll be good. But can you verify that there are still special gifts for new and upgrading monthly members? Verified. Sweet gifts for new and upgrading members, plus amazing new episodes and even special weekly live streams for charity. Copy that. Rocketship, can you confirm ETA for Max Fund Drive? 90% probability of Max Fund Drive from July 13 to August 7. Did you say 90%? There were a couple of decimal places, and I might have carried a zero wrong. I'm just going to pencil in July 13th to August 7th. Mission Control out. So, we're still uh, in a window of time between 2013 and 2020. Uh, and that's when New Leaf came out, and then Animal Crossing New Horizons. So, in that seven-year period, there were spinoffs. And I, I call them spinoffs because they were not full versions of the game. They were like 
we're going to narrow down and focus on like this one aspect. So you have something to play with. There were like games for your phone, like mini games. Yeah, sort of. Right. So for example, one of the games, the ones that I think of the spinoff was probably most uh, popular was called happy home designer. And it was just like Island residents telling you how they want their home interior decorated. And you would do that. Right. So it didn't have any of the like planting stuff or fruit shops, like building your house, any of that. It was just like the decoration part of it. Mm. And so it was popular, but it was not like a whole thing. They also during this time introduced amiibo integration into New Leaf. Okay. So then that's not a type of dog. That is not a type of dog. This is a thing that even if you know about video games, is like kind of one more step niche than that. So then dogs, then dogs, uh, then, <laughs> then Nintendo dogs. No, so Nintendo introduced this thing uh, called amoebas, and basically they're like little figurines of characters, or in some cases, like objects from video games, right? But they also integrated with the Wii. Um, where you could, like, set them on the Wii, and it would, like, read a chip that was in the Amiibo, and then it would give you items in the game, or characters in the game, or bonuses, or whatever, right? So, the thing that Nintendo has always excelled at is accessorizing their games, right? Accessorizing their consoles, giving you stuff to put with the thing, Mm -hmm. right? And so this was, like, their thing. And you know what? I think for the people who loved it, they loved it. I never got into it, but I also never really got that far into the Wii. Um, And so... I feel like it was about this point where, like, I became aware of one of those games with that, where it was, like, the two little figures, and you had two, like, you could make them Street Fighter each other in the game or they were yes n- yeah I and mean, that sounds like a thing yeah <laughs> there, there's something in there that sounds there's like something a real in thing there that existed but what it did with this amiibo integration is now like three plus years after the game came out it was another thing to say like hey maybe you haven't checked in in a while here's some new items to add to the game from like other popular games right here's like a splatoon me amiibo that if you use with the game you now have like splatoon themed furniture in your game right so the thing that and we've already seen this with animal crossing new horizons over and over again another thing that nintendo does very well is to constantly give you new things to keep coming back to animal crossing so it's not a game you beat it's like a game you play and play and play and play it's a game you live it is a game you live yes 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 Okay, so... Oh, should we TM that? TM, TM, TM. Um, So, then 2020 brings Animal Crossing New Horizons. So, I will talk about the, like, actual game itself, but there's an episode of uh, The Besties, which is a podcast that Justin and Griffin McElroy, as well as Rush Frostick and Chris Plant do, where they talk about video games. It's on Spotify, and I highly recommend it. It's one of my favorite podcasts. It is explicit, though. It is explicit. Um, but they do a whole episode on Animal Crossing New Horizons. And Justin posits, and I concur, that Animal Crossing New Horizon may be one of, if not the most important video games of all time. 
And his explanation of this is that Animal Crossing New Horizons came out March 20th, 2020, which for me uh, was less than a week after full-blown self-isolation quarantine began. And so it immediately saw a huge surge in popularity. It also was the first Animal Crossing game that you could like download directly to your system without having to go and like buy the, you know, buy the, and I, I mean, full fledged game because the mobile games, of course, you could do this, but like without having to go buy a cartridge or anything, just download it directly. Right. So you could instantly be playing the game. And I mean, I, it was like, it was just like streaming media. Right. Exactly. And I think that we were feeling at that point and still are, uh, this isolation from everyone. And so to be able to say like, come visit my island and we'll hang out and like have a phone call and talk about it while we're like running around and I can show you what I've been working on. Like to some degree filled in a percentage of the, like, I wish I could have friends over. Right. I wish yeah. I could go over to my friend's house. And more than that, Justin also points out that in animal crossing new horizons, you feel an immense amount of control of the world around you, mm-hmm. right? You're making the design choices not only for your house, but the exterior of house and the island and other people's houses. And like, it it came at a time where I think everyone was feeling a lot of loss of control. And so I think psychologically, it, it did a lot for people that the game came out when it did. So let's talk about the actual game, Animal Crossing New Horizons. Let me give you my non-player... Well, I played, played a little I bit. played a little bit. My my take of watching you play a game. Okay. Okay. So this and this is one of your favorite things. I, I did do. I did I this <laughs> with Bioshock Infinite. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. It. So what it is is you move to an island and uh-huh. Tom Nook is the landlord and the council person. He's in charge. He's in charge of the island. You move there and he says, okay, you want a house? You got to get, you got to learn how to make stuff. You got to get stuff and give it to me. And once you get enough stuff, I'll give you a house. Mm-hmm. And then. So far, so good. So far, so good. And you can like go fishing and get fruit and bugs and stuff to get more stuff to make more stuff. And there's just stuff and stuff. Uh, and then yeah. you can build a mu. They give uh, Tom Nook gives you a museum to put more stuff in. And then you can make bigger house and you can store more stuff. And then you can sell stuff and you can buy stuff. And there's just so much stuff. And then once you've gotten enough stuff, but you never get enough stuff, you have to make more room on your island for more stuff so you can become like a, a construction the way, okay. uh, the person you and you just get it, more, more stuff. like a person like, ha- like <laughs> having a break. Having a <laughs> this, but okay. And that's just your track, right? Because there are other things that live on the island uh-huh. and you get stuff for them and do more stuff. And then you can have other people come over and trade stuff and you can make stuff together. Okay. That's pretty good. I feel like you missed a few of the nuanced points. <laughs> um, okay. So here's what it is. And you hit a lot of the big points. So okay. I'll, okay. So you, you are given a tent 
by Tom Nook that you then have to pay out the mortgage on. And as you pay out the mortgage, you can then upgrade it to a bigger house until you reach the biggest size of Because he's the island landlord. Landlord, yeah. Um, so a lot of the game comes into design, right? Um, like how you design the inside of your house. You have different rooms that you can put different things into. How you design your island, where you plant trees, where you plant flowers, but also where you put up like uh different decorations. You can craft things, which is new for Animal Crossing New Horizons. Um, there's shops that you build that have different stuff in them every day. So basically the game rewards you for checking in multiple times. Okay. The shops have different stuff in them every day. There are different times of day that you catch different kinds of fish. Your fruit takes three days to grow on the tree. Uh, a tree takes three days to grow. Plants take three days to blossom. You have to water your flowers every day if you want them to grow new flowers. Stuff like that, right? So in, I, I another thing from Besties, they called it Chores the Game, uh, uh-huh, which is okay. not far yeah. off, but it's very satisfying. And it all mm-hmm. has this wonderfully cute aesthetic. And, like, th- there is, like, no conflict on the island. There's there's sometimes the uh, other people on the island are cranky. Yeah, sometimes they're cranky. Or you might get chased by a spider or stung by a wasp. And that's about as bad as it gets. And even then, you get stung by a wasp, you just kind of wake up somewhere else. And you're fine. <laughs> um, and, and so it's a very peaceful game. Um, and, and you generally look pretty peaceful, except when you're terraforming and you press the button to shovel instead yeah. of build. Yeah, that is frustrating. Um, so, <laughs> or you let go of a fish. Yeah, or like, oh, then, oh, oh, my dander, how it's up. Um, and and there's a lot more, like a lot more people can visit your island. Like people have been having, and this is not a joke, like Animal Crossing weddings. Right, where like they will host the wedding on their island, I like real ones, not like mm-hmm. just for fun. Like in this time of isolation, being able to do that. There's concerts. Um, let's. let's I talk- thought you could only have eight people on your island, though. Yeah, I mean it's not a big wedding. Oh, okay. It's bigger than they were able to have in like March or April. Otherwise, I guess that's you know? true. Um, so let's talk about some of the characters. Talk about Isabel. Another there. There's lots of NPCs. Uh, island residents that appear on on different islands. There's tons of them, like 400 of them. Oh, wow. Right? Of different iterations of people who can live in the houses. But there are some that are like, everybody has, that comes standard, right? You have Isabel, which we talked about. There is also K.K. Slider, who is a guitar-playing dog, uh, who's a famous musician who, early in the game- Oh, he has been giving concerts in front of your town hall. Correct. Um, Early in the game, you're trying to, like, make your island fancy enough that he wants to come visit and play there. And also, like, you get all these different kinds of, like, songs in all different styles by him that you can play on different, like, musical playing devices across your island. Um, And then there's also Tom Nook. Mm -hmm. He's the landlord. Yes. So here's the thing about Thomas Nook. Uh, <laughs> Tom Nook gets a bad rap. Um, uh, uh, now, early days, he was a little bit gruffer in some of the earlier games than he is now. But people often, like, talk about him being, like, money-hungry and, like, you know, a tight-fisted landlord or whatever. But here's the thing. One, 
you get this mortgage with like no interest and the terms are kind of like pay it back when you can. <laughs> like <laughs> it's not, it's maybe the loosest kind of mortgage there is. Is it super expensive? Yeah. But like, and does he ask you to maybe do some things for him? Like help him build houses for other people and you have to pay to build the house for other people. Yeah. But you don't have to like, it's not costing you anything in real life. I think that's another thing. That is really, really amazing about Animal Crossing, by the way, is in a lot of games where there's stuff like you can get new designs or like, look at this cool shirt. A lot of that is called like in-game purchases or DLC that you have to pay for like real world money. Oh, yeah. Where it's like, oh, you want this new cool shirt? Cool. It's five dollars. Right. Where. Okay, so not just like an expansion. Right. Where it, you just, you buy the extra game. Yes. Sometimes it's like, oh, game. you want this uh, themed outfit to make you look like Santa Claus? Cool. That's 10 bucks. Right? And in Animal Crossing, you harvest fruit and sell it to get that. Like, it costs you no, there is no in-game purchases. It, all it costs you is time. Time. But you're playing anyways. It's fun. And so Tom Nook uh, isn't like a loan shark or anything he he's he's very nice. Now here's the thing. He's often called a raccoon here in in the North American uh the more North American area. <laughs> uh, but actually he is a tanuki. Uh a tanuki is a, a Japanese creature uh in in traditional Japanese folklore. Tanukis are strongly associated with wealth because metalsmiths used tanuki pelts to soften their hammer when they were working with gold. Mm. Um, so like you'll see a lot of like shops have like tanukis in front of them for like you know to symbolize good business. And so if you see Tom Nook Tanuki, ah, like it's connected there. Um, so also tanukis are tricksters, not evil but mischievous. Um, like there uh, there are several legends that feature them um changing form to play practical jokes on humans. Uh, most notably turning leaves into gold, spending them, and then they turn back into leaves. Ah. Which is interesting because in the game, the items you get are leaves. Like you pick up leaves and then they yeah. turn into items. Yeah. Um, but he's not like the bad guy. You know, he's just there running the island. Is there a bad guy? No. Okay. I mean, maybe capitalism. <laughs> if you want to look at that. <laughs> um, so. That's kind of giving you an idea of the game. If if it at all sounds up your alley and you already have a Switch, I highly recommend you check it out. Like, it's fun to play, but more than that, like, I went... And like I said, I did not get hooked by the by New Leaf, like I did with this one, where, like, I could not put it down. And not just because the loops are fun, but, like, fishing is fun, exploring is fun, going to other people's islands is fun. The interior design and like restyling things and like you get a new like decoration and then you redesign everything around that one piece that to me is some of the most like satisfying like gameplay of a video game i've ever played but let's talk about it feels like setting up your dollhouse yeah very much so i mean this is it feels yeah, exactly like, like gi joe's and my little pony and his toys used to feel like when i was a kid of like Oh, I got a new toy. Now they're in space, you know? Yeah. And like, I remember I played a lot with Barbies 
And I was never really into, like, the role playing as the Barbie, but I loved, like, my Barbie's having a dinner party. And then I would spend hours setting up, like, setting a table with all the tiny Barbie stuff. Absolutely. Um, So let's talk about some etiquette. And I'll explain a little bit more because I know I haven't explained the turnips yet. You know what? I'm going to explain turnips right now. Okay. So basically the way turnips work is it is a system called um, the Stalk Market. Ah. S-T-A-L-K. Basically what it is, is on Sundays, you can buy turnips from somebody who comes and visits your island, and they are at a set price uh, somewhere between like 90 and 100 bells, which once again is money. So uh, say it's like, uh, I'm selling turnips for 92 bells a turnip, right? So you say, okay, great, I'll take 100. So now you have just spent 9,000 bells on, on these turnips. Right? Mm-hmm. 90 times 100. 92, whatever, 92, 100. So then, the for the next six days, Monday through Saturday, the shops, both on your island and on your friend's islands, will buy the turnips back. But here's the thing. Maybe it's for more money than you spent on them. So you spent bought them for 92 bells a turnip, and they're buying them for 120 bells a turnip. Ah, profit increase. But maybe they're buying them for way less than you spent. So you spent 92 bells a turnip, and they're only paying 50 bells a turnip. Mm-hmm. Oh, no, huge loss. So you are like waiting to see how the price changes because it varies not just day to day, but in the morning versus the afternoon. You are contacting your friends and saying, hey, what are your turnips at? Can I come sell on your island? Even more than that, there are turnip exchanges that have been set up online where you can find these forums of someone saying, okay, I have uh, 500 bells per turnip selling on my island. If you come, you just have to give me 10% of whatever you sell. Um, and, and so it is once again, another way to increase the social aspect of it along those same lines, different islands sell different kinds of flowers. So your island might have native like cosmos and roses and somebody else's has like lilies and tulips. So you say, come to my island and buy these flowers here, and then I'll go to your island and buy those flowers there. Well, so, but what about, like, the whole supply and demand thing? What if, like, okay. What if somebody buys up all your stuff on your island? Yeah. Well, there's only some things that are like that. So, like, in the shop, there will be specialized items that there is only one of, and if you buy that one thing, it's, you know, out of stock, right, for the day. So, but that, it regenerates overnight with a different item. The items oh. change day to day in your clothing shop and your item shop. So that is, um, that is number one, uh, like, so number one tip when you visit other people's islands, make sure to check out the shops. They will have different stuff in their shop on their islands than you will, but don't buy anything that there is a limited supply of until you have checked with the person to make sure that it is cool. Along those same lines, another tip. If someone is coming to visit your islands, set up clear boundaries with them of say like, hey, if you need any fruit, cool, but please don't like harvest the rocks or the flowers. Um, and there's also what's really great is you can have someone come visit your island, but if they aren't like best friends in your best friend list, they can't use tools on your island. So it's another way for you to limit 
what they are able to do, what impact they're able to have. Ah, uh, so they could shake your trees and take your and get your but fruit, not cut them down, but not cut them down. Yes. What about um? What is the etiquette around like? talking to a person who comes to your island isn't so like there's an in-game messaging system yes so there's an in-game messaging system which is very slow you there is a uh actually a nintendo like link app you can put on your phone to use to type out messages or to do voice chat which i highly recommend because it's a lot smoother process but when you visit someone's island say hi to them um you know let them know when you get there like hey thanks for having me and say bye when you leave well, are uh, islands just open? Can you go to anybody's island? Good or? question. Uh, you cannot go to someone's island unless you are Nintendo Switch friends with them. Okay. And you... So it's like having the contact in your phone. Correct. You can't co- talk to them unless you have the contact. Right. Okay. And then you, as the island owner, you can choose to set your island as open. So anyone who is in your friends list can come to your island if they decide to. Or you can set it up with a dodo code, because dodos are the ones who fly the planes in Animal Crossing New Horizons. And if you have a dodo code, only someone with the dodo code can come visit your island. Okay. So if that's like, hey, you wanted to come and buy on my island, that's cool. I don't really want I like I don't have time to host a bunch of people here, so I'll send you this dodo code and then you can come and that'll be it. Okay. Now it is important. Here's another tip. Do not share friend codes and dodo codes without permission with other people. So if it's like, uh, oh, so, like your friend Josh is like, hey, I have turnips to sell. And you're like, oh, cool. Travis's Islands has them for, you know, 500. Here's his dodo code without asking me. Not cool. Oh, Don't yeah. do that. It's like inviting someone over to not your house. Exactly. Um, because there are ways that people can mess up your island. Even if they're not friends with you. One of those, and this is, man, this might sound nitpicky, but it's really important. Don't sprint through flowers. Walking through flowers is fine. But if you're holding the sprint button, as you run through, it'll tear the heads off the flowers. And then it will take like another three days for them to regrow. So that is not a cool thing to do. Oh, okay. Um, don't leave and return multiple times uh, in a short time span unless you have communicated that with the person. Because every time you arrive or depart from the island, there's like a loading screen that interrupts everyone who's on the island. Oh. So if you're like jumping back and forth, it's a huge time suck. And maybe if you were in the middle of catching a butterfly. Yes, right. It can be very frustrating. Um, water everyone's flowers. Because a guest watering your flowers will increase the chances that they crossbreed, which Mm -hmm. if you plant different color of the same flowers close to each other, there are different combinations where they will grow new colors of flowers, and having guests water them increases the chances. As opposed to you watering them? Yeah. I mean, you it all stacks. So, like, I water them, you water them, and two other people watering them. That has increased the chances exponentially that they will crossbreed. Ah, okay. Um, So, uh... Also, if you have duplicates of things, items, uh, recipes to build items, clothes, anything like that, before you sell them for, like, no money whatsoever or before you sell them outright, check and see if your friends need them. It might be an item that they've been searching for and maybe you can trade. Um, you know, Is it just like going to someone's house where, like, you leave the host a gift? Do you leave people? I highly recommend that. If you're going to go to someone's like, especially if you're doing turnip sales or you're going shopping or whatever, I try to bring something to leave. Um, some people prefer money. 
That's fine. Leave that. But most of the time I try to leave like, oh, I have two hot dog costumes. I'll leave this hot dog costume for you. Right. Okay. Okay. Um, but also like there are, so like every day you can dig up three, three fossils or four, some, some number of fossils. Uh, and eventually as you fill up your museum with fossils, you'll start to get a lot of repeat mm-hmm. fossils. See if any of your friends eat them. They can be hard to come by. Um, let's see. Don't. Like, rearrange stuff on your friend's island. Don't take things. Don't do, like, without asking. I mean, even even if somebody has, like, an area set up where it's, like, free stuff, right? Like, at the very least, say, like, is it cool if I look through your free stuff or whatever? Like, be be cool. Um, also know that if people are on your island using your, like, internet, if your system goes to sleep, it will disconnect them. Okay. So you need to be careful with that, that you're not like booting people off with like no notice. Which is what, okay, that's why you made a sign that said, I'm not here. Right. Okay. Yeah, I made a little sign that someone's like, I need to come visit. I'm like, cool, I'm not here. And I'll just stand you, next to the sign that says, I'm not here. But you left your console on. Correct. It's logged in so that other people could use it. Yep. Okay, okay. So that's just like a few like general Tips. I mean, the number one thing is like, if someone comes to visit your island, make it clear, like, be sure to check out this. Please do this. Please do not mess with this. Yeah, set your boundaries. And vice versa, right? Like, if you go to visit someone else's island, don't do anything major without asking. Like, fishing, for example, doesn't matter, right? There's not a limited number. It's constantly respawning. You can fish all you want to. It does not affect the host's ability to fish. But harvesting fruit... If you harvest fruit, it will take three days for that fruit to regrow. Uh. And so you don't know what they're waiting for, right? So, like, anything that is, you know, picking flowers, um, chopping things down. This is a major one that is, I think, an easy, like, first-timer mistake to make. In the game, if you eat fruit, it gives you, like, super strength for, like, one thing, right? So one fruit equals one time of super strength. So that might be digging up a fully grown tree and being able to replant it, right? But it is also, there are rocks on your island that you can hit with a shovel or, um, oh no, it's been too long, or an axe. And it will give you like uh, different kinds of materials from it. But if you have super strength when you hit it, you'll smash the rock. And it will regrow the next day, but it may regrow in a different area or... You know, it's it's not cool. <laughs> Don't uh, smash people's rocks on their islands. So make sure before you do anything, you check to see if if you uh you know have some of that super strength going, so you don't smash someone else's rocks. Um, you can't, but you can't like seriously mess with someone's island because of the game parameters, right? You can't like terraform their island. No, you can't terraform, but you can like dig up their stuff and like make big. Ho- this, there's a. <laughs> this is where I did it to mess with Griffin. Oh, okay. There is a fun uh video where Griffin did a walkthrough of his island, and Justin and I came over and were like digging up his trees while he tried to chase us around and like fill in holes. And we were planting to. It was it's, it was some brotherly shenanigans. But it, it was it was for the for the gram for the <laughs> for the, for the tube. For the um, likes. So that's just some some basics, you know? Um, if you want to see my island on the Macro YouTube channel, uh, I, I do, I have a tour or two of Cool Town on there, and Griffin has a couple tours of his island, uh, Bean Town, I believe it's called. 
Um, you can check those out and check out all the other macro videos. Oh, we're in, oh, we're in the outro. Uh, so next week starts the max fun drive. Uh, it's going to be low press running for a month. If you can support, we appreciate it. If you can't, we totally understand. You'll get all the details next week, but know that the, uh, the URL to become a member is maximumfun.org slash join. Uh, and know that we're still going to do some cool stuff for you. Indeed, we will. Uh, next week is also when the Adventure Zone graphic novel book three, Pedals to the Metal, comes out. It's very exciting. I can't wait for you all to read it. I think you're really going to like it. You can order it at theadventurezonecomic.com if you haven't already. We also, got a couple of advanced copies, and BB is in love. Yeah, BB like, takes it to bed with her. It's great. Um, Let's see. Also, oh, this weekend, if you're listening to this, on the 12th, July 12th, I'm going to be doing a live stream D&D session with me, uh, Alex Boniello, Andrew Barth Feldman, Will Rowland, Satine Phoenix, Matt Mercer, and Eric Ishii uh, playing Dungeons & Dragons to raise money for a group called I Need Diverse Games. Uh, we've already raised money uh through this this uh event called Supporting Roles for Actors Fund and Feeding America. Uh it's going to be super fun on Twitch. Check it out. Um I believe it's twitch.tv slash supporting roles. Uh also on the 17th we're doing a live stream event for the graphic novel release. Um we're going to be doing a Q&A and we're going to be like reading some of the pages. It's going to be super fun. That's going to be on the McElroy YouTube channel. <laughs> That's we're, so much. We're we're working. Too busy. Let's see. What else, Teresa? Who do we normally thank? We always thank Brent Brentlefloss Black for writing our theme music, which is available as a ringtone where those are found. Also, thank you to Kayla M. Wassel for our Twitter thumbnail art. When we call for questions for our uh, our topics, that's where we ask for them, at Schmanner's Cast. Um, and then also thank you to Bruja Betty Pennant Photography for the background a picture of our fan run Facebook group. Um, join that group if you love to give and get excellent advice from other Schmanners fanners. Ah, yeah, I get it. That's the name of the group. They're Schmanners fanners. Anyway, um, also, um, please submit your topic requests to schmannerscast at gmail.com. That's where we got this topic. Yep. And I believe that's going to do it for us. So join us. Oh, once again, I said it earlier, but I'll say it again. Thank you, Alex, our researcher. Wouldn't be able to do this without you. Also, your copy was very fun for this one. Thank you very <laughs> much. All right. That's going to do it for us. Join us again next week. No RSVP required. You've been listening to Schmanners. Manners, Schmanners. Get it. MaximumFun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Listener supported.